This is LifeSpring number 72. Hi there, and welcome. Yes, this is LifeSpring, and I'm Steve Webb, your host. Did you ever wonder why bad things happen to good people? I've got some really, really dear friends that are in a really difficult place right now in their lives. We're going to talk about that, and it's going to go along really well with the Ask Steve question today, and uh, we'll be getting into that in just a minute. But first, listen to this great song from Jay Wright and the Soul Bucket. Found them at GarageBand. Yeah, 
Wow, there's a song of hope if I've ever heard one. That's Jay Wright in the Soul Bucket. I found him at GarageBand, like I said. Jay's from Los Angeles, and he's playing this Saturday at Room 5 in Hollywood. This would be a great show to see, I'm quite sure. Uh, if you want further information, if you're in the uh, Southern California area and you'd like to uh, go see Jay, go over to LifespringPodcast.com show notes page, and all the details will be there. Looks like a really nice place he's going to be at. He's going to be playing at 1030. Good, good stuff. You know, speaking of hope, that's what Lifespring is all about. Since the beginning, this podcast has been about hitting you right between the ears with a message of hope, love, and good news. Well, sometimes, though, it seems as if there is no hope. First, let me read a question that came to me from Russ. It's a perfect Ask Steve question. He says, Hi, Steve. I was just reading in Wanted Event, and I couldn't think of anybody better to vent than you. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or not. I guess it is. Um, Russ continues. He says, Don't know if I told you. I'm working on reading my Bible through Genesis to Revelation, page by page, chapter by chapter. Anyway, I started reading Job. I'm only a chapter into it, but I was floored by God's seemingly nonchalant way of handing Job's possessions over to Satan, almost like a couple of frat boys divvying up a freshman's stuff. I'm sure that the story will turn out to glorify God, but the opening of it is nothing short of a shock. For God to just hand over a faithful servant as he does is just unbelievable. Could he do that to me? Anyway, I just wanted to share my initial impressions with someone. Well, Russ, thank you, first of all, for trusting me with the answer here. And secondly, I just want to say that I'm glad that, that you thought to ask somebody, that you didn't just ruminate on it and, and get angry at God. Now, God is, is he's able to take it. He's a big God. Now, I have to tell you, Russ, that as you continue through the end of Job, you'll see that Job questioned God, too. And you'll be amazed at, at, at God's response. As a matter of fact, God's response is one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament. I sometimes will go there and read it. And uh, the emotion that it brings up in, in me just is incredible. God's response is so good and so cool. And I'm uh, really looking forward to hearing from you, uh, Russ, when you get to that response and see what God had to say. But let me take Russ's question and put it with a modern-day situation. This is something that is happening to two very good friends of mine. I'm not going to use their real names, so let's just call them John and Mary. John and Mary got married later than the average people do. They're both believers in Jesus, and by all appearances, they live their lives as much as possible to please God. John has a great job with a lot of prestige, and Mary is a professional. About two years after getting married, they found that they were going to have a baby. Now, John is in his mid-40s. He loves kids, and he wants a bunch of them. And Mary's in her, I think, early 30s and feels the same way about kids. They both want just this enormous family. So they couldn't be happier. As soon as they found out that, that a baby was on the way, they began to prepare their nursery uh, in their newly purchased home. And they called everybody that they knew to share the news, including me and the lovely Lady Leanne. 
Well, after five or six months into the pregnancy, John and Mary found out that their precious baby will most likely be born with Down syndrome. In addition to that, it's quite likely that he has a serious heart ailment too. Just as before, they call everyone they know to share this sad news. But this time, it's to ask for prayer. Pray that God will intervene. Pray that the doctors are wrong. Pray for our baby boy, they say. In time, their son is born. And what should be a day of unbridled joy is a day that is bittersweet. Finally, John and Mary are able to hold their son and they love him with all of their hearts. But the doctors were not mistaken. Little Devin, not his real name, has Down syndrome and he has a heart defect that will probably require surgery. Devin was born just a few short weeks ago. Well, this past Sunday morning, just before leaving for church, Mary called to tell us that Devin is back in the hospital. He's losing weight. He's struggling to breathe. And because of all the tubes running in and out of him, Mary and John can't even hold on to him. All they can do is touch him as he lays there. Mary is heartbroken. And she's angry with God. How could he allow this? Why her? Why Devon? This isn't fair. She says, I've tried to follow you, God. I've tried to do what is right. I've prayed and prayed and prayed. Why? Why? Why indeed? This question has been asked by nearly every human being that has ever lived. And much wiser men than I have attempted to answer. With varying degrees of success. Well, let me do my best. I'll try to give an answer that makes sense, although it may not completely satisfy you, especially if you're in the middle of a hard place yourself. First, I have to say that until we are in the presence of God, when we see Him face to face, we are not going to have a complete answer. It says in Isaiah 55 in the Old Testament, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We cannot understand everything that God does any more than my dog can understand everything I do. There are parts of him that are unknowable. But that doesn't mean that he is entirely unknowable. He has given us enough information in his word, the Bible, to help us through. We know his character from what the Bible tells us about him. That's what my podcasts that are called In Touch With God's Character are all about. We know that he's faithful and true and loving and just and merciful and unchanging and good and that he holds us in his care. So why the suffering? To begin to understand that, we have to go back to the very first people. Adam and Eve. Now, in the interest of time, I won't go into the whole story, but the bottom line is that through their disobedience, sin entered the world. And ever since then, all of creation has groaned under the weight of the judgment that God, because of his nature of justice, pronounced upon the world. Now, that is not the perfect good world that God created. It's a world that is corrupted. 
and mutated because of sin and evil. Why does God allow sin and evil? Because he gave mankind free will. We are allowed to choose. Evil must exist because good exists. If evil did not exist, there would be no choice. Did God therefore create evil? No, he created choice. Because the world is corrupted and mutated, bad things happen to the innocent, like Devon, and to the evil. Jesus himself said, The Father causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In other words, just being in the world, we are subject to good things and bad things. But we do have this promise from God. In Jeremiah 29, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Understanding how that will all play out is impossible. I liken God's plan to an enormous tapestry. Have you ever seen a tapestry? It's usually a heavy fabric with an intricate design woven into it. And each one of us is like a thread in this enormous design. When you stand back and look at the tapestry, it's easy to see the design and see its beauty. But when you're down at the level of an individual thread, it's impossible to see anything but the thread next to you. You have no way of knowing what the design is, or even that there is a design. Knowing, however, that God is what we have already mentioned, and more, helps us through the hard times. The longer I live, the more I have come to trust Him. I have been through some terribly heartbreaking times. Some of those events I've shared with you on the podcast, others I have not. I probably will as time goes on. But here, here's the point. Through all of those times, I can stand here and unequivocally say that God is good and God is merciful and He is worthy of my praise. There will come a time when it says in Revelation 21, the dwelling of God will be with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will be passed away. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see him face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am known. So, what about what God did with Job? Remember Russ's question? Part of it was, but I was floored by God's seemingly nonchalant way of handing Job's possessions over to Satan, almost like a couple of frat boys divvying up a freshman's stuff. Part of the premise here, Russ, is wrong. You see, Job's possessions were not Job's possessions. 
Everything that we have is from God, and we don't own it. I don't even own my next breath. It comes from Him. God is God, and I am not. And that's okay. I don't want the job. Now, Job did get it right. Listen to this. On the day that Job lost everything, there was a series of messengers that came to deliver the news of one devastating loss after another. And after the last one said his piece, this is what we read. It says in Job chapter 1, verse 20, At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, it continues, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Wow. Job was a man of faith who trusted God. Before the story is over, Job suffers even more loss, and he doesn't once blame God. Near the end of the book, he asks why, and then he's blown away by God's answer. Then, after that, God restores all of what Job lost, and then some. Listen, there's only so much that I can do in a show like this, only so much I can say. And I don't have all the answers, but this I know as sure as I stand here. God is faithful. God loves us so much that he left the glories of heaven to live on this little speck of dirt called earth, to be spat upon, beaten, and hung on a cross so that you and I might be able to live forever with him. The short time that we are here is important, but it's only a flash in time. When the tempests blow, hold fast to him. He is our stronghold, our rock, our savior, the one who's closer than a brother. He will see you through. Yeah.
Whatever my lot, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Cling to him. Trust him. He will see you through. There is a reason for it. We may not understand it here, but trust him. He is faithful and he is trustworthy. All right. The Stella Awards were inspired by Stella Liebeck. In 1992, Stella, then 79, spilled a cup of McDonald's coffee onto her lap, burning herself. You've probably heard about it. A New Mexico jury awarded her $2.9 million in damages. But that's not the whole story. Ever since, the name Stella Award has been applied to any wild, outrageous, or ridiculous lawsuits, including bogus cases. Well, because of time, I'm only going to share with you the winner of the 2005 Stella Award. There's several on, on the uh, website that you can go check out, but I'm just going to share with you the winner. This is a real bona fide case, according to the StellaAward.com website. Listen, the winner of the 2005 True Stella Award is Christopher Roller of Burnsville, Minnesota. Roller is mystified by professional magicians, so he sued David Blaine and David Copperfield to demand they reveal their secrets to him, or else pay him 10% of their lifelong earnings, which he figures amounts to $50 million for Copperfield and $2 million for Blaine. The basis for the suit? He claims that the magicians defy the laws of physics, and thus must be using quote-unquote, godly powers. And, since Roller is God, according to him, they're somehow stealing that power from him. Can you believe it? Well, please send your comments or questions or any other kind of feedback to steve.lifespring at gmail.com or 206-350-CALL. And that includes questions for the Ask Steve feature. Show notes are at lifespringpodcast.com. Links to the music. And by the way, that last song was Chelsea Boyd. And I'll have a link to her website on the lifespringpodcast.com show notes page. Anyway, there's links to the music, uh, my Frapper map, my Flickr page, my MySpace page. Uh, there's one-click subscription buttons and other fun stuff as well, as I've always told you. You say, Steve, why do you have a Frapper map and Flickr page and MySpace and all that other stuff? Well, one reason and one reason only. To encourage more contact with you, my listener, so that we can get to know each other better and so we can communicate more. To encourage two-way communication, that's it. No ulterior motives at all, I promise. Also, this is the first regular live spring since the month began, so I'd like to ask you to stop by Podcast Alley and cast a vote for the show. Actually, for now, you'll be voting for this show, um, the In Touch with God's Character podcast, and the LifeSpring Weekend Music Show, too. If you like any of them or all of them, please take about two minutes to vote. It really helps other people to find the show, and I have to be honest, it's a real encouragement to me, too. You can go to uh, Life, or, um, 
Podcast Alley and do a search for LifeSpring, or you can just go to my show notes page and you'll see a link right there on the front of the page on the left-hand side. And if you'd like to have me come speak to your group, drop me a line at steve.lifespring at gmail.com. We can talk about that as well. So what is a life spring? Well, Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, your station in life. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? LifeSpring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. I'm Steve Webb, your host, and I'll see you next time. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow, and Limelight.